Well, hello everyone. This is JC on the You Made New podcast. We are on to episode three of our second season. And um, I have to say, I've really, really been giving a lot of thought to where to start. Now that we've laid the groundwork in the first couple of episodes about what we want to talk about this season, there's so many ways that the Lord can transform our mind. Uh, and so I really struggled like, boy, how do you even begin to outline that? I'm, it's a cool journey, but where do you start? And what has kept coming to my mind for this episode has been the verse, the key verse that we just used in second me, or excuse me, second Timothy one, seven, um, that talks about the Lord hath, hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of the sound mind. So as we approach this season to have a sound mind, a saved mind, a rescued mind, doesn't this verse just tell us right at the beginning, one of the biggest things we need to be rescued from, which is fear, a spirit of fear. God hath not given us the spirit of fear. So if you have a sound mind, Paul is saying in this verse, you will not be caught up in a spirit of fear. Now I speak on this with all the love in my heart. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. So there's no judgment in this episode. We all experience fear, don't we? Anxiety, worry, obsessive thoughts of fear. It's almost, I mean, like it's just part of being human. So we're not going to have judgment around the fact that we have felt fear. We're not going to feel shame about that. This is what being um, mortal and living in such a fallen, um, difficult world is about. There, there will be fear. But, but we are going to outline a new view, um, a new view of this that can shift us to a new place. Again, he can save us from having to be live in a compulsive or obsessive state of fear. That doesn't have to be our reality. And it's not through changing our circumstances. And we'll talk about that. But again, this, this might be a multi-episode, um, subject. We'll see how it goes. But all I want to do in this episode is just start with one simple, um, scriptural story. That's kind of mind blowing when you really stop and dig in and look at what Christ is teaching in this, in this passage, it shifted a lot for me, at least in terms of getting me to start to see things in a new way. And again, isn't that what this, this season is about is shifting our minds so that we think differently. Our, we have a sound mind, a mind that thinks along the lines of the mind of Christ. So we're going to turn to Mark four. It's a, a short little story. Um, that takes place out on the sea of Galilee and it's just Christ and his disciples. If you hear pages turning, I'm sorry. I use my real scriptures and I can't help it. My phone's just not the same. <laughs> Mark four, we're going to start in verse. Well, we could say 36 and let's just dig into this and see what we can learn on fear and what Christ has to say about fear. So in verse 36, it says, and when they had sent away the multitude after he had been teaching and they uh, took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Now we got to stop there. We have to stop there because I've done some digging on these verses, and it's interesting what looking into the original Greek will do. So if you look at the word great storm in the Greek, you look at it in other translations, the Amplified Translation um, translates great storm as of hurricane proportions. This wasn't just a storm, a nice little rainstorm. 
This was epic wind in your face, beating on the ship, hurricane level storm. So I want you to picture that in your head as we go through this. But then don't miss the second detail that we get in verse 37. So there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. This was a do or die moment. Like the ship was going down. This wasn't just um, a little fear because, oh, it's a bad storm and I'm scared. This was pure terror for the apostles because it was a hurricane and their ship had taken on so much water. It was now full. They were about to go down. This wasn't misplaced fear is what I want to point out. Of course, we'd all be terrified, wouldn't we? We'd all be just scared to death. This is as bad as it gets on earth, these kinds of circumstances. So they are at their wits end. They're just scared to death. They're terrified. And where is Jesus? He's on the ship with them. Where is he? Look in verse 38. He was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. (laughs) And so what would you do? What would you do if you were the apostles? You're thinking, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? How can he be asleep? Like we're about to die. This isn't just, oh, um, Jesus, could you wake up? We, we might could use your help. No, this is full on. How can he be sleeping? He is about to lose all of us. How can he not care that we're dying here? The ship is full. What are we going to do? And so they do run to him and wake him up and say unto him, Master, cares thou not that we perish? Like, why aren't you freaking out? This is so awful. What is going on? Help us, help us, help us. Now, We've got to separate ourselves from this story and and our judgment of the apostles and just look at our own lives. Don't we do the very same thing? I mean, being human, again, is you get scared. Scary things happen and they're terrifying. And when your life is threatened, when your future is threatened, a cancer diagnosis, a financial crisis, um, a marital crisis, things that are very deeply um, troubling and And just rock our whole world to the core. We can be consumed with fear about these things. I mean, we just aren't made of the stuff where we can just sleep on a pillow during a hurricane storm. We just, that is not our default reaction. So we've got to understand, I like, we're going against the grain here to, to say, oh, how can they be scared? Yeah, we'd all be scared. Life scares us. Terrifying situations scare us. So... Here's the crazy part. We've got to read the end. Christ's reaction. My first, my first thought as I was studying this was what we all want in this scenario is for Christ to wake up. If it seems like he's been sleeping in our lives, right? We're going through some awful, horrible health, financial, something, unemployment, you know, whatever. And he seems to be sleeping. He seems to be like checked out and not helping us. We pound on the doors of heaven. We pray and and just, where are you? Why won't you help me? We do the same thing. And what we want from him is a little comfort. We want him to say, oh, I know. I'm so sorry. I know how scary this is. I'm here. It's okay, right? We just want some reassurance. But is that what he does when he wakes up? When they wake him up, is that what he says to the apostles in this scenario? No. No, he responds in a much different way. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, peace be still. 
And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? He rebukes them. He didn't comfort them or reassure them. He looks straight in their eyes and says, with maybe a piercing glance and a little bit of sternness, why are you so fearful? Where, where's your faith? Now, please, let's just, let's just get really real about this and pretend the same thing was happening to us. Picture the scariest thing that you've gone through. And to, to, if you had the opportunity to be face to face with Christ, if he said that to you, why are you afraid? I mean, I think it's, it's, it's almost a hard moment. Cause you're like, are you kidding? Are you kidding? Like, yeah, I have every reason to be afraid. Like it almost seems like an insensitive question. I say again with, I just, I have to get it out there. Doesn't it seem like he's being insensitive to the reality of their situation? They're about to die. And he's going, why are you afraid? Because I'm about, <laughs> you get the idea, right? Why did he do that? Why did he say that? What did he just done as soon as they woke him up? He calmed the storm. He, he calmed things down, brought peace, and then said, where's your faith? Now, I've, I've gone back and forth about this story, um, especially the idea, okay, what is Christ asking here of his dis, d, apostles? Should they have been asleep on a pillow with him? Just sleeping. Should we be at such peace through these kinds of trials that we're asleep too? Like we're fine. We can rest. We're not. And, and the ship may be full, but we'll just go lay down next to him and say, okay, yeah, no, I'm fine. I mean, what is the expectation? What does it look like when you have a sound mind and you're not overtaken by a spirit of fear? What is he teaching here? Now we're going to talk a lot about this, but I want to suggest that Christ is saying, Okay, boys, life is different now. Before, when you would have storms out on the, the ocean and you were fishermen, yes, you may have experienced the spirit, but you've got me now. I am here now in your lives. There should not be that level of fear. Why? Because I can calm storms. We should not react with the same panic-stricken freak out fear. Now, again, no judgment on this because our default setting is to do that. So he's laying down an expectation that almost feels impossible. Like you're really asking me to be calm in some of the hardest, most difficult things that absolutely scare me so bad. I can't even bring words to it. How, how in the world is such a thing supposed to happen? Um, let's read another story that's also out on the sea of Galilee. And there's a point at the end of this story that, that I think can help us understand this. Can you see now why this may be several episodes? Fear is complicated because we may get mad and be like, I can't live like that. Of course, I'm going to get anxiety. Of course, I'm going to get fear when stuff like this happens to me. Are you, how can you expect that? But be patient with me. If this is actually a promise that he's given that we can live in a place of peace and rest and no fear mentally, even when the world is completely falling apart around us, that we can be the eye of the storm while the winds and waves just whip and fill the ship of our lives. I mean, wouldn't you want that? If it's possible to live like that, wouldn't you want that? So maybe before we start getting too defensive and saying, well, I can't do that. Maybe let's just breathe and think for a minute. And okay, I'll at least listen. Like how, 
then tell me, show me how I just, I don't know how I can even begin to calm my poor little brain down in these types of scenarios. So let's turn over to Mark six. Um, we're going to start on this one is the one where he comes walking on the sea to them. So let's start maybe 45, Mark six, verse 45. He's in this one again, similar scenario straightway. He can, he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida while he sent away the people. And when they, when he sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray for a while. So he was not with them this time. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea and he was alone on the land and he saw them toiling in rowing for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them walking on the sea. I love this part and would have passed by them. I think he was just waiting to see what they would do. But there, he didn't walk to the boat and said, I'm here. I can help you. He's just walking on the sea, waiting for them to notice. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. What did they do? They got scared again. For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately then he cries out, poor guys, here they go again. They're scared again. And immediately Talked with them and saith unto them, be of good cheer. It is I be not afraid. And he went up unto them in, into the ship and the wind ceased and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. Now this next verse, verse 52 is what I kind of want to dig into a little bit. It says, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves. They had just seen him feed the 5,000. They considered not the miracle of the loaves for their heart was hardened. I actually like the message translation on this. It says, instead of their heart was hardened, it says none of this had penetrated their hearts. They had seen him take five loaves and two fishes and feed an enormous multitude and have baskets left over. Can you see why he's saying you're not getting it? You've seen me work miracles. Why would you be afraid out on the, out on the sea? You know what I can do, but that had not yet penetrated their hearts. Verse 52, it hadn't sunk in that he was there and was now adding his power, power to their lives. Now we as disciples have that same opportunity. I mean, if you're a Christ follower, a Christ believer, do you have access to his power or not? I mean, are we just going through the motions? We're acting as though we have a God who can deliver, but we're living like people who, you know, are just as scared as people that don't know God. No, some of this at some point has to penetrate our hearts so that we say all these waves and winds can beat on me. He is with me. I will not fear. Now, Again, I know this is a learning curve, but let's just talk about this for just a minute. This is a quote from um, Oswald Chambers. I am quoting him a lot lately. I don't know why I'm kind of in an Oswald theme, but he's had such an impact on me. Maybe it's just it, but I have so many um, killer ones from him. And this is one on fear from his book, My Utmost for His Highest. Listen to this. It kind of calls us out a little bit, but I think that we can handle it. He says, when we're afraid... The least we can do to is pray to God, but our Lord has a right to expect those who name his name have an underlying confidence in him. 
God expects his children to be so confident in him that in any crisis, they are the ones who are reliable. Yet our trust is only in God up to a certain point. Then we turn back to the elementary panic-stricken prayers of those people who do not even know God. We come to our wits end, showing that we don't have even the slightest amount of confidence in him or in his sovereign control of the world. To us, he seems to be asleep and we can see nothing but giant breaking waves on the sea ahead of us. Oh, you of little faith. He's still talking. He's still quoting. What a stinging pain must have shot through the disciples as they surely thought to themselves, we missed the mark again. And what a sharp pain will go through us when we suddenly realize that we could have produced complete and utter joy in the heart of Jesus by remaining absolutely confident in him in spite of what we were facing. So the goal to move past the spirit of fear is not in just becoming braver. It's having our eyes so fixed on Christ and our faith so sure and so confident in him. We just know as his followers, as his loved ones, that he will take care of us, that that overtakes our fear. Listen to this again. I'm sorry. It just gets me. What sharp pain will go through us when we suddenly realize we could have produced complete and utter joy in the heart of Jesus by remaining absolutely confident in him. Let me just tell you a quick story. I, it was several years ago and we had, we had encountered some financial, um, a huge thing. I can't even remember that part of the story, what it was, but some huge bill that we had no money to pay or something like that. And I was going through the typical, like we all do. Oh no, what are we going to do? Oh, we don't have another, we have this cop bill and this bill. And I was obsessing and worrying and full of anxiety over this new development. And as I began to pray about it a little, again, I felt the same rebuke that the, the disciples got in these stories. I felt him say to me, JC, Ooh, I'm going to get emotional. Forgive me if I do. I have come through for you again and again and again and again. This is not our first rodeo. I mean, at that point, I'd probably been married 20 years. I had seen him save us through financial crisis over and over and over. I could tell you stories of times. I mean, our first home we, we had no money. We were young. We had a bunch of kids. We were trying to get, buy a home. We got into that home for $100 out of our pocket. That's all we had to pay. There was just some special circumstances. Like, it was him. And I had so many stories like that. And he pointed it out. Like, all of these times I've come through for you. And it's as if he said to me, at what point am I finally going to have earned your trust? So you won't go back to this panic stricken thing. Every time there's a new crisis, how many times do I have to save you for you to believe that I really will stay here and be with you and help you? I mean, it, it, it talk about a sharp pain going through me. It's like he, he said, at what point are you finally just going to trust me? How many times do I have to save you to get you to be confident in me? It's like he was offended a little bit. It felt like that. And he had every right to be. I heard an author once say, you know, um, what if your child came into you and said to you, mom, I just don't trust that you're going to take care of me. I'm just afraid 
that I'm not going to have a roof over my head, that you're not going to be able to feed me. I'm just really, I'm, I'm, I, I would be broken hearted. Like, honey, of course, you know, we will give everything we have to take care of you. We're, we've got you. I would feel so sad, but that's what I was doing with Christ by worrying, by stressing over that. He had already proven himself with me. And even if you're one that says, well, I don't have, I'm new in the faith. I don't have a bunch of stories. We have his words over and over and over in the scriptures that says, I will help you. I will be there. I will deliver you. And how that happens, we'll probably talk about in the next episode. We've got to kind of delineate what that's going to look like. But he's given us promises. Like at what point are we just going to believe him? That was a turning point for me. That story was a turning point because I said, all right. And now every time when something comes up, that's like this, I literally have a mental moment where I'm like, nope, nope. I'm not going to go to the place of fear. I'm not, I'm just going to trust him. I'm going to trust him. He's earned it for me. I will not go back. Like, like Oswald said in his quote, I'm not going to return back to the elementary panic stricken prayers of those who don't even know God. I'm not going to come to my wits end and show I don't even have the slightest amount of confidence in him. Even if it seems like he's asleep, I'm going to trust him. I'm just going to trust him. Now, this is a learning curve. This took me a while to get comfortable with that. I love to fear about it because it felt like, I, oh, I just I have to stress about that. Who doesn't stress when stuff happens? You just have to think it through and worry about it. And it took me a while to shift my mind, but I could see him beckoning me to this new place of confidence in him, of looking at him rather than the storm. Can you see there is a shift we can make? Um, I'm out of time. I would like to keep these um, about the same length of time, but man, I just feel like I'm getting warmed up so I can tell already we need to dive right into to, um, another episode on this and just keep this discussion going because this is one of those where you're like, whoa, wait a second. Just chew on this. Just chew on this for a few. Go back and read those, those passages. Think about what he's saying. Think about your past, your life, how you respond to storms, to hurricane proportion storms, especially when it feels like he's sleeping. And then let's talk more in session two, or excuse me, episode four, not even session two. I don't know where that came from. This actually, to me, is a pretty intriguing concept. When you start to get the idea that you mean I can live without fear, I can actually live in my mind with just peace. Man, it's worth a few episodes to, to walk through this. I hope, I hope you're feeling that anyway, let's go there. So join me in our next episode and we'll, we'll keep this discussion going and talk a little more about fear and how we can live in more faith. Thanks.